John chapter 4 tonight. I may have preached this here before, I don't know. Um, if the Lord gives me liberty, it's, it's, it's my favorite message to preach. I'm going to preach it, man. I'm telling you, I learned so much from it. A lot of, um, you know, you guys have missions month. I don't know how y'all are doing with that as a church. You know, I couldn't imagine sitting here and preaching for a month about give me your money. Um, hey, man. Uh, some people, you know, some people laugh, uh, but I'm disturbed a lot of people didn't. I, I, am, I am a funny guy. My, my kids will tell you, too, I'm a funny guy. But uh, anyway, um, uh, it's kind of hard to pick up my humor. I'm not feeling real good, I'll be, I'll be honest. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sorry he asked me to preach. I'm really not. I'm, I'm excited. I really am. You might be able to tell that by the end of the message. I'll be exhausted and probably collapse here on the front, front here. But uh, thank you for the privilege, brother, really. I mean, you, you get to preach here three times a week. I get to hit, preach here three times in my life. So... I'm going to make the most of it, man. Uh, in John chapter number 4, we have, a, we have an account. I don't like to say a story because sometimes in the world they think a story is something make-believe. This ain't make-believe, man. This, this book's for real, okay? Here's an account of something that happened. And I, I've been teaching through, um, I, it, I like teaching topical messages. I really do like try to find, you know, like four points that have a P in the front of it or something like that. It's kind of neat. But, um, you know, it is uh, expository preaching and stuff that a lot of people think, well, if you can't do that, then you're not a preacher. It's like, well, I can do that. And, uh, man, all you got to do is read the Bible, teach it, and preach it, you know. And if you're excited about teaching it, then you're going to kind of automatically sort of be a preacher, right, Brother Springer? But uh, uh, that's just how it, how it works. It really, really the difference in teaching and preaching is your passion behind it. Yep. I was a teacher. I was an instructor at the Squadron Officer College my last tour in the military. And, um, you know, if, if you got passion in behind what you're teaching, you're, you're going to be preaching it. It might not be the gospel, but you're going to be preaching it. People are going to be more apt to believe that, or, or, or more convinced that you believe what you're teaching. Amen. Um, so I've been working through the gospel of John for um, over a year in Stevens Village. I only get to go there maybe a, a dozen, 15 times a year. Uh, this summer, was, like I said, was, was exceptionally unique with the uh, COVID thing and you know what, when I see people coming out there in the brush swatting off mosquitoes uh, to hear the preaching or singing, I'm a little bit more motivated to go to those people. Yeah. I really am. Uh, uh, see that young man who's, uh, you know, the age of Caleb, I think he's probably 19, 20 years old. Kyle is probably, in, he's, he's been in jail. He's, he's uh, got illegitimate, illegitimate kids running around. Um, and man, he needs to be saved. And, and for him to come down there to the boat, I mean, like from here to the front row, from the bow of the boat, and and listen to the gospel be preached, I mean, he, he took it like a man. And I'm telling you, I gave it to him like one too, you know. And it's almost like we're like doing this to each other, you know. And, and we had our, I had myself a good time. And I'm going to have myself a good time tonight. Uh, I don't feel well, but I'm going to have myself a good time here. Amen. Lord, I pray, Father, that you bless the church here this evening. Bless the preaching, Lord. I pray, Father, that you give me strength, Lord. And Lord, I pray that your word would not return void. I claim that promise. That is a promise. And I just pray, Father, that you would uh, uh, just continue to encourage me and my family with the special that was just sung, Lord. We don't have big numbers uh, walking aisles to get saved, but, Lord, there's people that's listening to the gospel. I didn't get saved the first time I clearly heard the gospel, but... Uh, Lord, I doubt many people do, and Lord, I just pray that you would motivate me and my family to be faithful, what you've called us to do. Lord, I do, call, I do pray that you call more people into the service uh, of Alaska. Uh, we thank you for this church support and the Warrens, the Claypools, and Lord, we thank you for the, the men and the women that are up there even now in my absence that are being faithful there. I pray that you would provide for them. Heavenly Father, bless them, protect them. 
I pray for little Nathan Warren. Pray that you'd heal him completely, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd uh, minister to the hearts here that's uh, taking time out to hear me preach. They probably would have stayed home if Brother Brother uh, Reno would have warned them I was going to be preaching tonight. I just thank you, Father, for them coming anyway. Uh, I pray, Father, that you'd be glorified in the things that are said and done. And I uh, just pray, Father, that the words would be yours, not mine, and that you'd be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so... Uh, the mosquito thing, brother, now that we've got a nice RV, uh, we don't have mosquitoes, do we? I mean, they don't bother us because we put 98% DEET on and, and they stay about this far away from, you know, and just go around trying to look for a hole in the film of slime on your face. And uh, so now we can shower it off in the evening, amen? Uh, uh, that thing, like uh, my boy narrated in the video, that go look at that RV and if you want to walk through it, it's a mess. I don't care. It's unlocked. You know, don't hurt yourself with the things that are in there. I've got guns and stuff, but... Um, <laughs> Feel free to walk through there and look at it. it. It truly is a game changer. There is not another one like that. It, it just not. They're all custom built, kind of like the Woolbridge boat. Uh, we did some modifications in the back of it, and you can see the redneck engineer in there. You're like, yep, Brother Penix did this, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, but it's, it's, we, we bought that to haul our snow machines inside of it. We can haul four snow machines, long tracks, inside of that thing and not have to tow a trailer anymore in the winter. Uh, we're very thankful for that. The tires that kept blowing on our other vehicles just from the weight, the punishment, the abuse of, of the roads up there. We haven't had any tire problems with the new tires that this church purchased two of the ten. We thank, thank you for that. Um, I, I, um, I can go a little longer. Uh, I'm, I'm 50 now, and I, I'm trying to come up with a 10-year plan, and, and I don't have one yet. And it's, it's bothering me that I look around at 60-year-old men, and I'm like, that guy can't do what we're doing. And I'm like, ooh, wait, that's, that's me in just a little bit. Uh, hmm, I better come up with a plan and fast. Uh, but if I hadn't had that RV, uh, you guys, I believe, helped with the down payment on that so we could get into it. Um, I, I probably, I probably would have, I don't want to say the word quit, but I, I just wouldn't have been going anymore. Um, I get up and goes, almost got up and went, amen. Um, going up there to the bridge in, in uh, 12 hours of under the wheel time and then have to launch a boat and then drive uh, as much as uh, 45 minutes trying to find a place to pitch a tent and get in, get in bed at 1 a.m. and then get up the next day, pack it all up, rain or shine, and go to the village and do it every day for, for three, four, or five days in a row, man, I'm telling you. I don't want to play Army. I did 20 years in the Air Force. I don't want to play Army no more, man. Uh, so I'm thankful for the RV. Go look at it um, and, and, and see, see, see why it's, yeah, that's not a Winnebago. And then come and see the roads, and you'll see why we don't want one. We're not popping tires. I, have we had a blowout since we got that? I don't think we have. And the new tires on the trailer, we have not. We actually have not because things are more aligned for what it's for, you know, the purpose. Uh, you look at my excursion, it's, a, it's a, got 270,000 miles on it, it's uh, 21 years old, and it's gas, and it's towed ministry equipment for seven years up there on those roads, and it's still solid. Something you said for a blue oval in the front, amen? <laughs> hey, more people are getting the humor, yeah, just look, just, just fill out there, just fill out there. Uh, Grady's over there rolling, um, bless his heart. Pray for him. Uh, we tried. We did. Um, but uh, John chapter number four, let's see, I prayed. I told you a little bit more about the ministry. I invited you to look at the rig. Um, let's enjoy ourselves here reading an account of uh, this lady here in uh, the Gospel of John. If, you, if you'll read these things, like I said, and commit to teach them to somebody, even if it's with your fam- dads, husbands, if it's to teach your wife or your children these things, 
man, you'll, you'll learn a lot going through, just, just purpose to go through the gospel. Don't, don't make a race out of it. Um, like I said, I'm going through not a verse by verse in depth. This word and this verse means that and I ain't doing that. I'm just going through the accounts there in the gospel and the people are getting some things, they're retaining some things and every, every passage of scripture you can just, just close, have an invitation, close off there with presenting the entire gospel to somebody. Uh, we'll get on with the message now. When therefore the Lord, uh, John, 1, uh, John 4 verse 1, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Though John himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. I've got those words underlined in my Bible. Uh, you don't just accidentally make it to Stephen's village. You don't just accidentally make it to, uh, hey, you know what, you, you've made some wrong turns, you've gotten into some traffic jams, you said, I'm going to go over this way. You weren't planning to do that. Uh, those are some things that you accidentally do. But I'm telling you, Jesus said, I must, I must needs go through Samaria. It's, you don't just accidentally do that. He, he had a plan to do that. And why is that? Uh, the Jewish people and the Samaritans didn't like one another, right? And, and you can look and you probably have, I have in the back of my map, you can see the long way around Samaria. And that's what I'm, I'm told that the Jewish people would typically travel north and south, uh, go out of their way. But Jesus said, no, we're, 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 going, uh, we're going to Samaria. Uh, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to uh, his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink, for his disciples are gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Aren't you thankful for grace? Amen. He would have given thee. And you know the story probably, she's going to get it. I'm thankful for grace. I'm thankful for second chances. Thankful for more opportunities. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She's still thinking of the physical, isn't she? Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husbands, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She's becoming to realize that he's talking about spiritual things. Uh, perceive you're a prophet. You're a Jew, right? Um, uh, you're not a Samaritan. Uh, you know, our fathers worship in this mountain, but you people say we ought to worship in, Ju in Jerusalem. Now she's kind of understanding the purpose of his conversation about water, living water, physical water. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, 
Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that, the, that Messiah, Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. See, this woman already had a religious background. She already knew who the Messiah was. She's not even a Jew. There's people out here who aren't a Baptist, but they know who Jesus Christ is. You know, there's a lot of people out here that's uh, looking forward to putting their Santa suit on in a couple of months, but they really know a lot of, not all of them, I understand that, but a lot of people, they really do know that, that Christmas is about Jesus Christ or the purpose of it, what was, was behind it, okay? And now this woman is knowing some of these things and letting Jesus know that she knows these things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Now she's already, first of all, she, she didn't understand that he's talking about spiritual things. Uh, 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 she didn't understand that he was the Messiah, but she knew some of these religious things. And he's tr- she's trying to let him know that. We get that with the native people. They try to let us know of their religion, that they, they have religion. But my friend, religion religion's real good about sending people to hell. Think about this, the percentage of people that go to hell, how many of them have no religion at all? I'm here to tell you, it's not many of them. Most people out there have some sort of religion. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to pick on Catholics. It's a it's real, real popular religion around the world. But, but uh, uh, black and white, if you look at Catholicism, it's a religion to send people to hell. Uh, anything other than telling people that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, no man coming to the Father but by Him, you know what? That's a religion to send people to hell. Right. I'm not trying to be mean and, and, and pick on people. And it's not the Baptist church. And your pastor will stand up here after I get done and tell you that this church, the Baptist, isn't the way to get to heaven. Jesus Christ is the way to get to heaven. Amen. It just happens to be that the Bible is preached in Baptist churches by and large. And that would be the truth, okay? The truth is, is the Bible. Uh, you can take a Catholic Bible and you can mark the plan of salvation in it. And you can give it to a, you can give it to a lost man who's a Catholic. I did that once. And he never spoke to me again. Um, but hey, but you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free, make you free. Amen. It's the truth. I, I don't care what label you put on it. We just want truth. Amen. And uh, now at this point, I believe this woman is ready to receive truth and, and, and listen to truth. Um, and I, I didn't know, I'm just a dumb guy. I didn't go to, go to a big name Bible college. I went to a couple of Bible institutes at churches and, um, and, uh, but, but this little paragraph mark, I got here in my Bible. I circled that. Verse number 27, there's a pause there, okay? There's, sometimes it's a parenthetical thought, something that the, that the Lord put in Scripture for us to pause and think about something that relates to what we just read and, uh, and ties into what we're getting ready to read. And I challenge you to look at that like this this afternoon, this evening. In verse number 27, it says, upon this, upon what? Upon a dialogue that Jesus is having with a lost woman at a well. And uh, I'm going to walk around a little bit here and try to, try to illustrate this for you, but... If, if you can imagine, it says that Jesus was sitting on the well, and this woman of Samaria comes out of Samaria and, and sees him sitting on the well, and it's in parentheses there, we read there, but for his disciples had gone into the city to buy meat. Okay? And it says, and, and upon, upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, what seekest thou, or, what talk, or why talkest thou with her? The woman. They marveled that he was talking with this Samaritan woman. And I just say to you, from, from what I understand, talking to some 
people who are a lot smarter in, in, in theology than me, from what I understand where this region was, there's basically one way in and one way out of the city to the well. Uh, and think about it. If you're going to get water somewhere, you're not going to take the scenic route and carry that water the scenic route. You're making a straight line. Does that make sense? Hello? I mean, you're carrying buckets of water. We had to do that in Alaska. My dad and my brother, when they were hauling water to the cabin we lived in in 74, they didn't walk across this way to the road and walk up the road and then come down the driveway. No, they went down the hill to the well house and they took the steps up the, the straight path to the cabin with those five-gallon buckets of water. And that's what they're doing. They don't, they don't have a pipe, okay? They don't have a pump. They're carrying vessels, and we'll see that here in just a minute. So they went the straight route. And Jesus is on the well. And his disciples go into town to, what well, the Bible says, buy meat, right? And the woman comes out of town to get water, and Jesus is there. Does it not make sense to you? It does to me. Of course, I preach this a thousand times. Well, 900 and something. Um, that the disciples were escorting Jesus to the well. They go to the city to buy meat. And while they're in the, in the town, this woman comes. So probably, guess what? The disciples pass right by this woman. Yeah, probably. It's logical. I'm not telling you this is doctrine and you're going you're to miss the plan of salvation if you don't agree with me. That's fine. But I'm trying to get you to see some things. There is a point for what I'm trying to explain to you. It, it, it's not, it's, it's not a, a Pennix Doctrine 101 here. I'm just trying to get you to, to put yourself in the story here, in the account of what's taking place here. I want you to, to see some things here. Uh, there's not a test at the end, so you don't have to take notes. You really don't, but if you just kind of visualize, I'm a visual person, and even smart people can learn visually, but dumb people that are visual can't learn by reading. Uh, that's me anyway. Um, so the disciples head into town to buy meat, and the woman comes out to the well to get water. And it says, upon this, they came back, and upon this they, they marveled that he taught with the woman, yet no man said, what seekest thou, or, what talk, or why talkest thou with her? What are they talking about? What's Jesus and this uh, adulterous woman talking about? The weather? Talking about the stocks? Hmm? S&P 500? Um, Ford, Chevy, Grady? Are they talking about that? I don't think so. He's telling them what living water is. He, he's telling her what living water is. And these men come, and, and they didn't interrupt. They said, none of them said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city. So the, Jesus and the, and the woman is sitting here at the well, and they're having their conversation. The disciples go into the town to buy meat, and they come back out. And then up, upon this, they, they come there, and they see this. And then a, the woman walks into the city, and, the, and um, it says the woman then left her water pot. She didn't take it with her because she's coming back. Amen? Why wouldn't she take it a lot? Because she's coming back, folks. Follow, follow this account here, okay? There, do, you, do you think that there's other adulterous women that Jesus told who the Messiah was? I don't, I, I don't doubt there's a lot. But there's a reason this one's in here. And I don't, get, I don't get tired of just thinking on this one thing. You know what? You guys have, I'll be preaching here this evening to more people and probably 90, 90% of y'all or more are saved already. I'll be preaching to more people here tonight, individual people, than I'll get to preach to in a year, year and a half in Alaska. I don't take that lightly. And I'm not going to assume that everybody in here is saved. Notice I did not say that I believe 100% of you are saved. My wife sat on church pews with me for years as a lost woman on her way to hell. She served in the nursery. She served in the bus ministry. We met serving God in the bus ministry as a lost person. 
But if you're going to get saved, and if you've already been saved, you got saved the same way this Samaritan woman did. She left her water pot and she went into the city. What did she go into the city for? She said, she said that she, uh, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, this woman's saved for less than 30 minutes probably and she's already soul winning. Boy, couldn't some Baptists get a hold of that one. 30 minutes and she's a soul winner. This is a missions month. A missionary is just one cent. We're real cheap, only worth a penny, okay? We're just one cent, okay? You're a missionary right here. And she goes in the city and she saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She believes. That's not a question like she doubts. She's telling them, prove otherwise, pal. This is the Christ. He's told me everything that ever I did. And she's got enough religious background to totally understand that the Messiah is the way to heaven. And Jesus said, he proclaimed himself there, I that speak unto thee am he. Are you following, the, are you following this? I, I, I want you to see this visualization here where Jesus and his disciples go to a well. And Jesus sits there on the well for the purpose of one person. And then the disciples pass by this woman probably on the other side of the trail because she's a Samaritan. They're not the Messiah. They don't know that she's an adulterous woman. They just know she's a stinky Samaritan. And there's some people in America's backyard that don't like you, and and there's a lot of us that don't like them. But Jesus fixes all that. And she goes and she tells the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She's a soul winner, been saved just a few minutes. Not even an hour old in the Lord and is a soul winner. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And here's that other paragraph mark here. This is what's going on over here in Samaria with the woman and the men. Before, over here, Jesus and the Samaritan woman had their dialogue going on. And now that the woman goes into Samaria and tells the men, come see a man which told me every, all that ever I did is not this the Christ. And then there's that paragraph mark. There's something going on over here now with Jesus and the disciples. Let's read about that. In verse 31, it says, In the meanwhile, while she's over there, In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he saith unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Uh, there, there are more exciting things. You know, me and Brother Springer were visiting last night, and he's driving me around and, and telling me there's some good this here, there's some good that there, there's some good that. I'm like, oh my, well, I texted my wife, and I said, we are both going to get fat on this trip in lower 48. Um, you guys have cuisine down here. We got chow up there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stuff down your cuisine down here is cheaper than our chow up there. Okay, it, and I'm just like, wow. I couldn't believe how I fed my whole family um, a real fancy sandwich. We got out of there for under sixty dollars, I think it was, for all of us. My wife and I can't go on a mediocre dinner date for that kind of money in Alaska. Um, but the, the, the disciples are here trying to tell Jesus, eat, 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 and Jesus is like, that's not important to me. Is, does, he, does he have M-E-A-T that we know as we know M-E-A-T? No. He's got something way more satisfying getting ready to happen. Hey, he knows everything, right? Right? He does. He says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore, said his disciples, the dummies that passed by this woman twice, 
twice. They pass by her on their way into the city. They pass by a lost woman and they come back by, out to the, to the well and the saved woman goes by them. They didn't see the change. I guarantee you she had a different pep in her step when she went back to the city than she did going, oh man, I got to call more water. I guarantee you her countenance was different. Mine was when I got saved. And if yours didn't change when you got saved, you may have missed something. You better check it out. Okay? Uh, he says, I got meat to eat that you know not of. In other words, hey, fellas, hang on. Watch this. Hey, y'all, watch this. I'm a redneck. I can say that. Hey, y'all, watch this. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Have any man brought him out to eat? Did you give him something, Peter? No. Philip, did you bring him something? No. Uh, Judas, did you accidentally leave something here for him? No, he's a thief, right? Did you accidentally leave something here for him? No. Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. There's a comma, there's an and. My meat. And I'm telling you, John Pinnock's what drives me. Ask my family. Not my, my family, uh, I'm just publicly confess and, 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 and tell you, I've never taken my family on a vacation. That's about to change. Uh, I didn't realize how fast my kids are growing up. Uh, I didn't. They lived in my house. You probably recognize, you know, watching them, especially Joshua and Caleb. They're the fastest growing kids I've got. Um, Caleb's gone now. I was weeping the other day looking back through videos of this kid with a beard thicker than yours. I can't grow one like him. And he's up there in Stevens Village preaching this winter. I was like, and now he's gone. Man, I'm telling you, that, that, that shook me. I've never taken my family on vacation. They think this is deputation again. I got, I'd already told them, no, this ain't deputation again, I promise. They don't, they don't believe me yet. Um, but watch how fat dad gets. You're going to get fat too. Amen. Um, that wasn't supposed to be funny. Um, it says, Jesus says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. What drives me, I do like Krispy Kreme donuts if they're hot. Because they're not really donuts. So we had that the- theological discussion earlier there. They're not really donuts. There's something else. I don't know. I think there's probably what's in the, in the, in the Ark of the Covenant there with the, with the rod that... Moses had, um, I think that's what they got off the ground. Some people know their Bible, some people don't. It's real apparent, brother, I'm sorry. You, you got some work to do on some of them. Not all of them, but some of them. But I have me, there, there's something driving him. Jesus is more excited about what is taking place down the road. I'm more excited about what's taking place in the bush than a T-bone. I, I, I just am, I really am. And my kids, corner them. Corner my kids, you'll learn way more about me, this with my kids, than you will be me and my wife telling you how awesome we are, okay? You'll learn a lot more about us by talking to my kids. But that's what drives me. I mean, I, 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 I sleep it, I eat it, I, I, I think it, I dream it, I do it. And then here's the thing, is to finish. Brother Reno, I don't know about you, I don't want to quit. I don't have a retirement plan. I really don't, I don't. There's a lot of missionaries who have made pastors down here angry because they'll go, they'll go and, and do a few terms in. A, y'all don't have the air conditioner on in here. Um, they, they don't have a, <coughs> they don't have a, a gumption to stay. They'll go up there and they'll stay, they'll stay a term or two, and and they'll raise money for airplanes. I've had uh, I've had pastors tell me, "You're not getting an airplane, are you?" <laughs> no, he's like, "Good. I'm sick and tired of buying airplanes. They buy airplanes and they won't stay." It may be worldwide, but Alaska is a graveyard for missionaries. Um, but they don't finish. They don't stay. And, and there's reasons for that. Some are, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth, some of them are justified. 
You know, if I had sending churches that some of those missionaries had, or I had a lack of support like some of those missionaries had, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't stay either. But this church right here has motivated me to stay because I don't have an excuse of not having a boat delivered. Okay? Uh, I'm just telling you. I don't have an, that excuse. God's been good to me and my family. I'm trying to get them to see that. I want them to have their own victories. But that's what drives me, and I don't want to quit. I don't want to be a statistic. My boy Caleb, I'm sure, was motivated in boot camp for that, by that statistic. It's high. The washout rate in the Coast Guard, I think, was uh, how much? Like, I think only 85% that start finish boot camp. Air Force didn't have that much. They just keep recycling you until you get through there. Hey, man, we, we spent too much money on your bus ticket to get you here. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> um, but Caleb was motivated by that. And whatever it takes to motivate you to finish his work, if it's something psychological and you're like, well, I don't want to be like that failure over there. And I'm not saying you should be cruel and mean and hateful and name call. No, no, no. But if you don't learn from other people's mistakes, you're paying too much for tuition, pal. I'm just saying you're, you're paying too much for tuition if you're too dumb to look at somebody else's mistakes and not do that. I've made plenty, but I want to finish his work. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples here. My, I got more things important than McDonald's fries, okay? Feeding my gut, there's something way more important than that. And I want to finish what my heavenly father called me to do. He tells the disciples, verse 35, we'll press on. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now I'm going to park here for just a little bit, but let, let me ease your nerves. I, I'm probably like four-fifths of the way through, okay? So don't give up on me yet. Stay on the phone. Don't hang up. I, I, can, I envision this, this. This motivates me. And it's not against Scripture, so don't get mad at me if you disagree with me. Just, we'll just disagree. We won't agree to disagree because I think you're wrong if you don't agree with me. But it's motivating to me to keep on to finish His work. I, I don't want to give up. I don't want to quit. I'm nervous about what's going to happen in the next 10 years. I, not that God can't provide for me, but I don't want to miss a blessing. I don't want to miss an opportunity. I missed an opportunity last night at a drive through I forgot to put tracks Restock the tracks in my, in my uh, left breast pocket of my jacket that I always wear that says I love guns and coffee. I've always got tracks back behind there because people will point at that patch and say, I like that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, there's something more important behind there and give them a track. I didn't have one. I was so angry at myself that I got distracted by wanting a Krispy Kreme than telling somebody about Christ. I don't want to not finish. But I can envision that Jesus is is facing the city where that new convert went to go proclaim the gospel that the guys that came out with leftover French fries to give Jesus failed to see a need for. And I can just see Jesus looking uh, look on the fields for their white already to harvest. I mean, they're not, he didn't begin another preacher's class here at the well. I'm sure it wasn't an hour-long lesson. And they're having their dialogue. Remember the paragraph mark there I told you about there? It's probably in your Bible at verse 31. They're having a dialogue as this woman goes into the city to tell the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And it said the men came out of the city, right? They left the city already. They're trucking out here to meet the disciples that uh, uh, is talking to Jesus. And Jesus said, 
Look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. And, the, and he that reapeth, reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That motivates me to be faithful. I can't believe I'm a half a century old. It, it happened quickly. And those of you who are there or past there, you, you're like, yeah, my mom and dad tried to tell me that life goes by fast and neither did I believe them. But there is fruit for our eternal life by being faithful and finishing his work. We, we will be rewarded for that. The suffering, the hard times down here, the sacrifices are nothing. The, the Paul getting beat, I'm telling you, he's probably yawning while y'all were singing that special. Hell, that, that was nothing. That was just a few minutes. Seriously, folks, do you understand how long... If you don't understand how short this life is, there's no way you're going to understand how long eternity is. Think about that. If you don't understand how short this life is, you are clueless what eternity means. And humanly speaking, I don't think we can comprehend it, no matter how hard we'd like to. And then he says, and here on is that saying true, verse 37, one soweth and another reapeth. One soweth and another reapeth. If Kiowa gets saved, it may be because we were faithful to go and sow. Aaron, just because we don't see him get saved there at the boat dock, don't mean that he won't get saved later. Somebody else may come along behind us. I don't know anybody crazy enough to go try to find that place, but I'll give them the coordinates. <laughs> One soweth and another reapeth. It might be when you're 50 years old, you lead him to Christ. I sent you to reap. Here's the rebuke. I sent you to reap where you bestowed no labor. You realize that there's, there's places you put no work in. Someone else in Berean Baptist Church has already given a gospel tract to a person, a coworker, and then you meet them at the supermarket or you might meet them at the ER or you might meet them at the mailbox. I didn't purposely pick you two to say that, but you might. And you could reap that. But you have to have a brain to see it. The fields are white already to harvest. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, I, I, <laughs> I doubt Alaska is the only place that's got lost people. There's probably some here tonight. He's already preached. He's already sowed. It might be you to reap. Here's a challenge for you. I ain't done it yet, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking down my nose at you. I haven't made it happen yet, as bad as i like to. Have you had every family in your church over to your home for dinner? If not, you probably hadn't talked about golf, hunting, fishing, so you probably hadn't talked about each other's testimony to one another, how you got saved. I'm just saying there might be some reaping that you could do. Jesus said, I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. How would you like to hear this message tonight, go off into eternity, change nothing in your life, and Jesus say those words to you? I sent you to reap. The implications there, you didn't do it. You didn't do what I told you to. You were disobedient. You stopped. You quit. You fell out. I don't want to be that guy. 
that motivates me to be faithful. Oh, yeah, the street of gold. I, I can't imagine a street of gold. I, I just I can't imagine. I'm thankful for carpet. I can't imagine a street of gold. But that's not what motivates me to be a soul winner. Hell's flame does. It does. Um, I was sinking deep in sin, but love lifted me. Whatever you're, find a motivation. Whatever motivates you, think of the last person you led to Christ. What made you do that? Do it again. Just do it again. And here we are to the other paragraph marker at verse 39. And this will be the last section. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Are you seeing this? This woman that's been saved less than an hour has already got new converts in the city of Samaria. And many, not just one or two, not just a few, it says many. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. And you know what? That's the simplest way to win somebody to Christ. Just tell them what Christ did for you. I mean, there's no book on it. There's no book written about how I got saved. But I can tell other people about that. I was there when it happened, so I know it did. Amen? Many of the the Samaritans believed. And verse number 40 says, So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they left the city, while Jesus is telling them, I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. It says that they, they besought him that he would tarry with them. The ones that didn't believe yet. The ones who had the seed sown by the Samaritan woman. They're the ones that come to Jesus and say, Hey, would would you hang out with us for a little while? I I just can't imagine the rebuke there, I sent you to reap. Just those words, I sent you to reap. You messed up, guys. Jesus and the twelve disciples come into the well. They go into the city to buy meat and pass by a lost woman. And while Jesus is leading her to Christ, that's, that's weird, ain't it? He's leading them to himself. They're over here getting some puke Donalds to eat. And they're making their way back out. And now this new convert with a smile on her face passes them going the other way without her water pot because she's coming back. And they come over here to see Jesus and and he's telling them, I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. And then he says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. And here they come. New converts, plural, many saved people. And then doubters are coming out of the city to see Jesus. And I just can't imagine that they're walking by these guys to get to Jesus and say, I sold you the French fries. You didn't give me a track. Hey, uh, you, you came by and checked your P.O. box while you're in town, and you never, I never knew you was a Christian. I, I, I refilled your, your, your drink cup for you, and, and you never told me that Jesus saves. And I just can't imagine that them guys telling him, would you hang out with us? And Jesus uh, uh, tarried with them and abode there two days. I, I mean, just the seconds, the moments, the minutes there, the conviction setting in, that here's this woman that I didn't care anything about. She comes out here and gets saved. I still didn't care about her. She goes and does my job for me, telling other men that the Messiah is over here. Eternal life is sitting right here. Forgiveness, redemption, salvation is right over here. 
They come out and get that message from Jesus himself because they failed to do the Great Commission. Hello? And then Jesus says, yeah, we'll hang out here with you for a couple of days. I wonder what their accommodations were. Was it the Hilton? Meth Lab 6? I don't know where they stayed. But Jesus said, we're hanging out here for a couple of days, guys. I can't imagine the conviction hanging out two more days with these people that disgusted the Jewish people. You getting anything? In verse 41, fruit more to that lady's account for her faithfulness. And many more believed because of his own word. Many more. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed. And verse 41, many more believed. This woman getting saved, having a burden for lost people, called it a revival fire, caused a revival fire in Samaria that day and the next two. Are you seeing it? Does that motivate you? Does that challenge you? I hope it does. God in heaven, I thank you for the message. Thank you, Father, for sharing this with me and my quiet time with you alone. God, I thank you for the numerous opportunities you've allowed me to share this with brothers and sisters in Christ around the globe. This very passage of Scripture, Lord, motivates me. The Samaritan woman was nobody. I'm a nobody. And uh, both of us are living proof you'll use anybody. God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help each of us, Lord, be motivated to carry tracks with us and tell others about the glorious salvation in Jesus Christ alone. God, if there's anybody in this auditorium, anybody on the live stream that's never accepted Christ as their Savior, Lord, may they humble themselves like this Samaritan woman who was just, just planning to go get some water, had a delay because she got saved, had another delay because she was burdened for lost, God, I pray that you would give us a burden. Lord, you've blessed me and my family so wonderfully. God, I pray that you would burden my family and myself for the lost, Heavenly Father. Others stay with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Lord, God, help us, Heavenly Father, each one to see and understand that people that don't accept Christ is going to go to hell for an eternity. May that be our motivation. Whatever our motivation may be, God, would you please motivate your children tonight. We'll give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen.